So we're going to have, uh, the days are flying by fast, I'm telling you, it's just so quick, isn't it? Amen. But uh, we're going to talk about some things uh, the next few weeks about Christmas, uh, you know, just and then winding down on Christmas Eve, and, and we're going to have a great service. And what we want, we want this place packed where we have to put more chairs in. Amen. We normally have two services, so everybody is here and everybody in the second service. We want family together, you know? Sometimes we, some people in the second service don't know the first service, so why not on a Christmas Eve bring everybody together with one big service at 10 o'clock? Amen. We'll have some hot chocolate and some Christmas cookies, and amen? Just fellowship as a family. We are a living word family, amen? amen. Praise the Lord. So anyway... We're going to talk about the heart of Christmas, and we're going to talk about hope today, because hope is a basic foundation, and the prophet Isaiah, uh, we're going to read, he, he, was, he wrote the most classic of all the Old Testament prophecies concerning the coming birth of Jesus, and, and this time period which Isaiah lived in and the Jewish people was a time of turmoil, it was a time of uh, great darkness, and so uh, doom and gloom filled the land, so they needed hope. And the prophet Isaiah that was moved on by God, hallelujah, prophesied the coming of Jesus Christ being born in a manger. Amen. Isn't that great? I want to give you the definition of hope because we need to really know what hope is. And no matter what you're feeling, how I many of you know we walk by faith or not by sight? That means we don't walk by feeling either. Because feelings can dictate to us, uh, you know, our moods and everything else we go through. And I understand that, that a lot, many times Christmas season, to a lot of us, is a happy time. To others, it isn't because of a loved one being lost and so on and so forth. But that's why our focus needs to be on Jesus. Amen? It can't be on things. It can't be on presents and stuff, although we get excited about that thing. Amen? But... Uh, the, def the definition of hope is a, des a desire with anticipation or expectation. See, during the time of Isaiah, Israel had no hope. They had no prophetic word that was given yet concerning Jesus coming on the scene. And this was going to happen hundreds of years later, of course. But there's something about hope, anticipation and expectation that we need. Amen. It doesn't come from Christmas presents or the season. It comes from knowing Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior and knowing the Word of God and acting upon it. Hallelujah. Uh, <clears throat> it's also someone or something on which hopes are centered. And that's what I want to really deal with this year, the Christmas season, because Jesus has got to be the center of this Christmas season. Amen. Because we do need hope. Just as the Israelites, the Jewish people needed hope back in Isaiah's day, we need hope today because this society isn't too great either, is it? All right, as far as the natural. So let's look at the pro prophetic utterance that Isaiah wrote down in uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. It says, the people who walk in darkness, and of course they were in darkness, all right, at that period, darkness will see a great light, a light that will shine on all who live in the land where death casts its shadow. Israel will again be great, and the people will rejoice as people rejoice at harvest time. 
And folks, we are in that harvest time. Amen? They will shout with joy like warriors dividing the plunder. For God will break the chains that bind his people and the whip that scourges them, just as he did when he destroyed the army of Midian with Gideon's little band. In that day of peace, battle gear will no longer be issued. Never again will uniforms be bloodstained by war. All such equipment will be burned. Verse 6, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and these will be his royal titles, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I think I brought that out last season in a series right before Christmas, uh, that what Jesus is called, and Jesus is that to the world today, amen? Let me read that. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it says, His ever uh, expanding peaceful government will never end. And I want to say something about that. Jesus is literally going to come back during the millennium. That's at the end of the seven year tribulation period. And he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Physically. Amen. Jesus is going to be on earth, praise God. And there is going to be a time of peace on the earth for a thousand years. And we talked about that a few months ago. Pastor Judy talked about it. I've talked about it. And uh, so that's something to look forward to. But we're in the kingdom of Christ right now. Amen. Those of us that are born again, we are in this kingdom that, that it says that, that it's ever-expanding, peaceful government. We're not under the control of the, we are in a sense, because we have to honor those who are in authority, but our government is in heaven, hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus is our high priest, and he's all of these things to us. Hallelujah, Prince of Peace, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. So his ever-expanding peaceful government will never end. He will rule forever with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David. The passionate commitment of the Lord Almighty will guarantee this. So it's a guaranteed hope, amen? It's not fictitious. it's not false, it's not fake, it's the real deal. And that's why you and I, regardless of what's happening in the world or what the fake news tell us or whatever, our purpose and our focus is in the kingdom of God, which Jesus came that very day in Matthew. We read it, uh, and we're going to read it in just a minute. But uh, praise God, there, is to, uh, there was to us a child born. Amen. And he is the one we put our trust in. Nobody else, not our government, nothing. Hallelujah. So Jesus is the very heart of Christmas. Praise the Lord. I'm thinking about that, about hope. How many of you can think back when you were children, maybe you are still children, you're adult children, amen? But you, you got so excited when Thanksgiving was over and all of a sudden it was Christmas season. That in Anticipation begin to grow, amen? I know when our kids were young, we made a big deal of it, you know? I mean, we, you know, presents was a big thing. Edwin still likes all of his presents. He likes them wrapped. He likes the prize. Donna could care less if they're wrapped. Just give it to me. She don't want to go through all the hassle, you know, of unwrapping the present. But uh, Edwin was always... Uh, 
wanting, you know, it, it, it was he's something you look forward to. It was that hope, it was anticipation. And I know that Pastor Jim and I, we built that. Of course, we put Jesus the center of everything, but just the giving of gifts. And some of you know that you rattled your boxes when you were little, right? And some of you tried to sneak around and find your presents in your mom and dad's closets or attic or basement or wherever they might hide it. It's hard as parents because we run out of hiding places. <laughs> the kids are getting more snoopier all the time. I mean, just, you know. They want to find out where what my present is. But that anticipation on that Christmas morning, you know, whether they believed in Santa Claus or we were past that age or whatever, it was just so exciting to, to wonder if I'm getting that present that I wrote Santa for. Come on now. Hallelujah. Some of you wrote Santa. I know some of you did when you were young. Praise God. We need to write Jesus, Amen. Glory. Well, you know, St. Nicholas was a Christian, and he's in heaven, right? So Santa Claus is in heaven. Glory to God. Come on, you guys, help me out now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. You don't want to admit that when you were a kid, you actually unwrapped the presents and looked and wrapped them back up real neat where your parents didn't know. Come on, everybody looking around and see who's smiling. Did you do that, Pastor Judy? <laughs> You'll never tell. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, is a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. It says, all of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, which was Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, he will be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. Hallelujah. Amen. God is with us. That changed everything. Hallelujah. In a world that was dark and corrupt, and even uh, now a world that is dark and corrupt, war and disease, conflict and oppression, all of these things. But you know what? Christmas... Jesus being born in a manger, we're looking back 2,000 years, and Jesus being born in the manger gives us hope, anticipation, excitement for healing. Say miracles happen here. Miracles. Amen. Restoration, forgiveness, and a new beginning. Amen. How many of you know that when you're born again, old things were passed away, behold, all things become new? Hallelujah. So that's what happened when Jesus came on the scene. He was born. He went to the cross. He died for our sins. And therefore, we have a hope that the world does not have. Amen. There is no hope without God. God is our only hope. Jesus is the only hope. Let's look at, uh, at Romans chapter 15, verse 4. But there was a quote by this man, I don't even know, it was anonymous. It says, hope is being able to see that there is light despite of the darkness around us. Let me read that again. Hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness around us. So even though things look dark and bleak, we have hope, there's a light, Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 15, verse 4, passage translation. Whatever it was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. Amen. Now look at that. 
what is written beforehand, the Bible, the book that you hold in your hand, whether you're on your iPhone or a tablet or your physical Bible, is written beforehand and is meant to instruct us on how to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement, say encouragement, and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. Amen. So that Bible that you're holding in your hand, that is to give you hope. It gives you instruction on how to hope and gives you inspiration so that you can endure with hope. Amen through anything that the devil brings against you at any time, any place, anywhere, regardless of how dark it might seem around you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So what gives us hope? Scriptures. The Word. Hallelujah. The Word gives us hope because it always brings us back to Jesus. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 Now we see these great men of God like Abraham and it says in the King James in hope he believed against hope. What does that mean? It was was literally impossible for him to receive in the natural what God had promised him to be a father of many nations. And some of you God has promised you some things and you've been waiting a long time and you have to do the same thing as Abraham did. You have to initiate hope in the face of no hope. Amen. You have to take those holy scriptures, praise God, that imparts to us encouragement and hope and say, no, I'm not going to settle for anything less than what God has promised me in his word. Hallelujah. It says here in the Passion Translation, it says, against all odds, when he looked at hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations, and God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. Hallelujah. So regardless of how hopeless something might be in your life today, you could take the word of God because Jesus was born 2,000 years ago in that manger. God with us, Emmanuel. And you can take and be sure and be positively settled that 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 thing which you are desiring, that thing which you've been believing for will happen, will take place. Amen? That's your hope. You don't see it yet. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Laying hold of the word. It's the title deed of the things that we hope for the evidence of things not yet seen. See, this was prophesied in Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus was literally born. But you know what? It gave the Jewish people hope. A hope. And all of us have a hope also. Praise God. And I don't believe it's going to take hundreds of years for our <laughs> miracles to take place, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this, but give reverent honor in your hearts to the anointed one and treat him as the holy master of your lives. Now, this is so important, and we've seen in the bumper that we played all the distractions that take place during Christmas. I decorated my yard. I'm not as quick as I used to. 
be. Amen. We've been working on the inside of a house. You know how much work it takes to decorate. So that can be a distraction. If you don't, if, if you don't time things right, it can take you away from God. Or Christmas shopping. Going from here or there, and many of you do it online now, and so on and so forth. All of these things in preparing for dinner, preparing for the holidays, and it's, it's a wonderful time for family to be together. But you know what? It does just distract us from the real purpose and the reason that we're celebrating Christmas. Amen? Amen. It's not about Santa Claus and the Christmas tree and the reindeer. It's about Jesus being born. Amen. And that's what gives us hope. So it says, but give reverent honor in your heart to the anointed one, Jesus, and treat him as the holy master, hallelujah, of your lives. And if anyone asks about the hope living in you, what does that tell you? Your hope can be a testimony during this Christmas season, amen, that a lot of people that you're around don't have. You might walk into a store and the cashier might be miserable because they have to work overtime and dealing with all of the, the, the you know, the upset customers and so on and so forth. And some of you might get upset, amen? amen. Not have patience. Have you gotten in line somewhere and you think it was a short line? <laughs> and there's somebody at the cash register that's having a fit and going through their coupons and saying, you know, it's, this says it's on sale and the person rather register, no, it isn't on sale today. And, and all the time you're seeing these lines that were huge on each side of you, you know, just shrinking and you're still there waiting and you have two objects, two things. Amen? That's the time you need to pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> But we, we should be an example of hope around people around us. Because it says here, and if anyone asks about the hope living within you, why would they ask if they didn't see something? Why would the world ask about the hope living in you if they don't see it in your life? So let's read that part again. Give reverent honor in your hearts to the anointed one and treat him as the holy master of your lives. And if anyone asks about the hope living within you, always be ready to explain your faith. Hallelujah. Always be ready to explain why do you have hope? Why are you happy? Why aren't you just miserable like everybody else out here Christmas shopping? <laughs> Why aren't you happy? Like Elf. How many of you like that show? It's so funny, right? Elf. <laughs> it's Christmas time. He gets so excited. Amen. That hope living within you. It's something that, that, that praise God, is like a, a generator on the inside of you that just builds and builds and builds. And we have to work on that. We have to make sure that we put time aside to meditate on that hope that's within us and what that hope means and, and, and that anticipation, that expectation of the goodness of God in our lives. Those people are hurting around you. You might not be, but people are. They're suffering now. They, 
might not have enough food to eat or somebody's sick in their family. Almost everyone you run into has some issue going on. And you know what? You and I, <laughs> we are the containers of that living hope. We are the containers. And if they could only just see it, unfortunately, a lot of times, they can't see one thing outside. You know, Jesus said something to his disciples. It says the world will know that you are my disciples because of love. That you love one another. What are we displaying when we're out in the world? Amen. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. <clears throat> and this is so powerful. So God has given us both his promise and his oath. That is so strong. A promise is one thing, but the oath solidifies that promise. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Why can we have so much hope? Even though Isaiah prophesied that hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And actually, there was 400 years between Malachi and when John the Baptist came on the scene. So there was really no word from God for 400 years. Aren't you glad we're not living in that time space? But there were people, there was a minority of people, there was a group of people that hung on to the prophetic through those 400 years. And then all of a sudden, John the Baptist popped on the scene. Glory to God. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. Light began to shine in darkness. And then the whole new, oh. <laughs> Hope came alive that birthday of Jesus. When the angel declared, Ooh, joy, great joy, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Wasn't that a time, amen? So it's something about more than just singing a little Christmas carol or away in the manger and so forth. There were some dynamics that took place. Powerful things took place that day. Amen? In fact, the devil tried to take Jesus out, but he couldn't. Amen? Praise the Lord. It says, <clears throat> it's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge, who do we run to refuge to? Jesus. Can take new courage, for we can hold to his promise and confidence. Amen. And verse 19 says, and this confidence, in some translations says hope, is like a strong and trustworthy anchor to our souls. It leads us through the curtain of heaven into God's inner sanctuary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So our anchor to our souls, what is our soulish realm? Our souls is everything that, that we think, feel, decide, all of this stuff. We need an anchor. Because if we don't have an anchor, you know what an anchor is, right? You drop an anchor if you want to keep your boat in one place and fish off of it and so on and so forth. Amen. So the Bible says that, that the scripture is the anchor and the hope 
to our soul, our emotions. Amen. So if we have a tendency to go drift over there, we can put the anchor out and pull ourselves back. Amen. To the word of God. This is the promise. This is God cannot lie. So therefore, I have my healing. I have my family saved. Amen. I have my uh, prosperity. I have my financial breakthrough. I Praise God. I'm all, I can get off of my meds. I can, I, I can live a normal life. I can walk in deliverance all the time. Because I pull back. I throw that anchor glory to God, which is a hope. When I start drifting... When the wind starts blowing, and <laughs> my boat starts moving. And if you're ever in, in a river, you're in a current. And I've talked about this before. The world is like a current that's dragging you along. Well, you better fill that anchor of hope. Because that will keep you steadfast. That will keep you sturdy and steady during the the, the, the hurricane. Amen. It doesn't matter. You're not going to be moved. I shall not be moved. We used to sing a song when I was growing up. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. The only thing, they took it the wrong way and they weren't moved by anything. Just kidding. You couldn't get an amen or oh me out of them. <laughs> but they didn't listen to the song and <laughs> the lyrics. I shall not be moved when dev- devastation comes. I'm not going to be moved when things look bad around me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because there is an anchor. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Yeah. Glory to God. Ooh, nothing less. My hope is built. Your hope has got to be built on Jesus Christ, the rock of our salvation. So in this unsteady season that's going on around us, it doesn't matter how the wind feels or the waves feel or the current takes us. We're going to throw that anchor of hope out because 2,000 years ago, hallelujah, unto us a child was born. Hallelujah. He went to the cross. He died for my sins, praise God. And now I'm on my way to heaven. And it doesn't matter what happens down here because I'm not a citizen of earth. I'm a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And it's our job to enjoy ourselves while we're in here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me this morning? Come on, lift up your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for that hope that's in Jesus Christ. Although there are things that try to to distract us and move us from this way and that way and some other way, Father, we thank you for going to the cross, for dying for our sins, shedding your blood. You were born to go to the cross and die. You were the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the earth. And because of what you did, you obeyed your assignment You went to the cross and you opened a door for us to make heaven our home. Hallelujah. Through the blood. You gave us healing for our bodies. You gave us prosperity. You took care of everything 2,000 years ago on that cross. And Father, that's where our hope is. 
not in the tangible things around us, but in your word. Hallelujah. And if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you made, may have had some disappointments and some setbacks and things aren't going right, but you know what? Putting your trust in Jesus will change everything. And I'm giving you an opportunity today, this Christmas season, beginning of the Christmas season. You have no hope. You've lost hope. Maybe things have been promised to you and you've just lost hope in everything. There is hope in Jesus. And I've introduced Jesus to you today. He is your anchor that you need. And if you'll say this prayer with me, He'll come into your heart. He'll come into your life. He'll be your Lord and Savior. And trust me, things will change. All of a sudden, you'll look at things differently. There'll be a gleam of hope in your eye. Amen. We've seen it over and over again. People come in just messed up. But you know what? When they come in contact with Jesus, Jesus cleans up that mess. Only Jesus can. He says, I am the truth, the life, and the way. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. Now, dear Jesus, thank you for going to the cross and dying in my place. Now, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior. And I thank you right now that I'm a Christian, that I'm born again. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So what are you going to have? You're going to have hope through this Christmas season. Amen. It's your anchor. Amen. Uh, even though the devil might throw something in front of you, you nope, here's my anchor. Here's my anchor, the word says. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you.